If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union, a savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. Are the old world picturesque shores of Europe calling you? Set sail on an adventure with Avalon Waterways. Enjoy an elevated cruising experience. Avalon Waterways offers smaller ships, bigger experiences with fewer people and more of, well, everything good about river cruising. Don't just dream about quaint towns and cobblestone villages. See them for yourself and make lasting memories. Discover limited time offers today at avalonwaterways.com. Hey everyone, it's Ted from Consumer Cellular, the guy in the orange sweater, and this is your wake-up call. If you're paying too much for wireless service, you don't have to keep having that nightmare. Consumer Cellular has the same fast, reliable coverage as the leading carriers for up to half the cost. So why keep spending more than you have to? Seriously, wake up! And call 1-888-FREEDOM or visit ConsumerCellular.com. Savings based on cost of Consumer Cellular single line 1, 5, and 10 gig data plans with unlimited talk and text compared to lowest cost single line postpaid unlimited talk text and data plans offered by T-Mobile and Verizon January 2024. Warning. You're about to enter the arena and join the battle to save America with your host, Sean Parnell. That was supposed to be a, a one and done two day recovery at most uh, turned out to have complications from the first surgery ended up being a 10 day recovery. Um, and those 10 days were hell. Um, but I have to tell you that I'm, I'm so glad to have you all in my corner. I asked for your prayers. I felt them. I received them. They helped. Uh, I am grateful. Uh, not only just me, but my family is grateful. And I have got to tell you that I am just so excited to be back in this chair uh, fighting for this country. Again, you know, the whole point of this show is to build a movement, and that movement is meant to fight for the heart and soul of this country because I believe that this country stands on a very thin line between hope and darkness. And In fact, the only thing that's stopping America from plunging into that darkness, ladies and gentlemen, is you. And as we continue to build this movement on this show and on this platform here on Rumble, we're going to do great things moving forward. Um, I promise you all that I had a, a huge announcement uh, coming up uh, this week on the 16th. Well, today's the 16th. Um, and I'm just so excited to announce that we partnered with, with Red Voice Media. Uh, they're an incredible conservative media company that has an entire lineup of their own. They've got something like over 50,000 uh, subscribers on Rumble. So Battleground will air live on my Rumble channel, Battleground Live, but it will also air uh, as part of their daily lineup on Red Voice Media's Rumble channel uh, every day in the 5 p.m. time slot, Monday through Friday, 5 p.m. to 6 p.m. So I'm so excited to partner with them. I'm just I'm I'm a very small part of what is a just a, an incredible lineup of American patriots who have the same mission as me, and that's to fight for the heart and soul of this country and to save this country, to make sure that our children inherit an America that is rich with opportunity and free, because it falls to us, ladies and gentlemen. This country ain't going to get saved on its own, and so I. 
None of this would be possible, by the way, without all of you in the first six weeks of this program, just being in the trenches and on the front lines every single day, you know, at the, at the top of every show, I always say like and rumble because rumble notices that stuff. And the more rumble notices that stuff, the more likely it is that we'll get advertisers and the more advertisers we get, the more likely it is I can move my studio away from my cat's litter box. So all of this is moving the show in the right direction. And this partner with partnership with Red Voice Media is going to take this show to new heights. Um, and again, none of that's possible without you. And of course, I have to thank uh, the great, great Wendy Bell Radio and the Wendy Bell Radio Network and Brock. Um they all convinced me very early on to do my own show. Didn't believe it was possible. They told me otherwise. Um, and here we are six weeks later you know, in the trenches as part of a much bigger media network than we have here uh, in, in six short weeks. So again, none of that's possible without you. Um, and so again, if you're a part of this program, um, I also want to just thank Deepwell. They're our founding sponsor. They invested in this program from the very beginning, way back in January when it was nothing uh, in its infancy, took a chance on me. Um, and they're an amazing drilling company uh, filled with American patriots who fight for American energy independence. They're hiring like crazy in locations all across this country. If you need a job or someone in your family needs a job, they are hiring. Go to their website, deepwellservices.com. Check them out. They're not just hiring people on oil, oil drilling sites. They're hiring marketing people, office people, administrators, everything. The company's growing and again, filled with American patriots. So thank you to Deepwell Services uh, for the support of Battleground Live. Again, wouldn't be here without you. And so I have to say, just just coming right off the top rope here, like I've been out for 10 days and the entire world is on fire. Uh, there's basically another war in the Middle East. This one, I mean, it's just the escalatory possibilities I think dire possibilities that are inherent in a, in a conflict between Israel and Gaza are are off the charts. I'm gravely concerned. I've been chomping at the bit to talk to you about this and 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 what this conflict looks like and the way ahead for this country. Uh, the title of this episode is is World on Fire because that's sure as hell what it seems like with a, a conflict uh, between Ukraine and Russia that doesn't seem to have. Any signs of slowing down anytime soon. In fact, Republicans and Democrats in Washington, by and large, support, you know, never ending support for Ukraine, which, by the way, are your tax dollars. Uh, no end in sight, no mission in sight. Looks like that war is going to end up being a 10, a 10 year stalemate at best. And now we have this whole other conflict in a much more complicated geopolitical area of the globe. And, and like I said, I've really been desperate to talk to you about this but again just haven't been able to sit upright for for 10 days this is the first time back in the chair first time sitting at a 90 degree angle so here we are uh give me some grace as we progress through the show today um if you were trying to let me ask you a question if you were trying to actively destabilize and destroy the united states of america what would you do and how would you do it well, I think step one of that would be you crush the value of our currency and cause record inflation, which in turn crushes the middle class, seniors, people in poverty, anyone that's living on a fixed income, you know, I know, crushes them the most. People that are that are retired and living off of Social Security benefits or things that they've paid into their whole life. Inflation hurts them the most. Uh, you'd probably open up our border and flood it with millions of migrants, which undercuts American labor by making it hard, harder for citizens to get a job. 
also causing a tidal wave of human suffering at our southern border, a humanitarian crisis, the likes of which we haven't seen in this country in probably 200 years, also cause a housing crisis, rising crime. You'd probably wage war on our law enforcement officers with stupid slogans like defund the police, which in turn creates a drastic shortage of new patriotic recruits who actually want to do the job. You'd probably destroy our military through a radical social agenda, not mission focused on actually winning wars or maintaining equipment, but focused on ridiculous BS, diversity, equity, and inclusion programs. And I've talked about these programs on this show multiple times. Every second that the United States military spends dedicated to diversity, equity, inclusion, white rage, like Millie was talking about on Capitol Hill, it's a second that they're not spending training. And the second that they're not spending training means that it's distracting from their mission on the battlefield. And any distraction from the mission on the battlefield could cost American lives. So this 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 isn't just like a conservative talking point. The idea that we shouldn't focus on DEI, we should actually focus on our mission could cost American lives. But I think if you were trying to destroy this country consciously, you destroy faith in our institution by weaponizing them against political opponents, just like what they're doing against President Trump. In fact, today, breaking news just before the show was that Judge Chutkin in the Washington, D.C. trial issued a sweeping gag order against President Trump. Isn't it interesting that now the frontrunner, by something like 50 points in this presidential election, the frontrunner is now unable to talk about the weaponization of the Department of Justice against him on a campaign trail. He's not allowed to talk about public officials. Again, Donald Trump is a man who's running for president of the United States. This judge basically told him he's not allowed to criticize public servants and public officials, a government that he would be in charge of as president of the United States. You would think, and again, look, I've run two campaigns, one in a highly contentious swing district in 2020 in Western Pennsylvania, and then for United States Senate in the most important state in the country, the great Commonwealth of Pennsylvania. Now, I know that this is a national show, but as I've told you before, Pennsylvania is the linchpin to winning the presidency in 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 2024. So even if you're not from Pennsylvania, what happens here in this state matters to you. But now you have a, a court system, a Department of Justice that's weaponized against the front runner presidential candidate, also saying that while he's campaigning and talking about reforming the government, he can't even talk about public officials who are weaponized against him and trying to put him in jail. Do you see how our justice system is basically one big self-licking ice cream cone? It's it's absolutely dangerous. But if you're trying to destroy this country and you're trying to erode public trust and confidence in our institutions, you'd probably do the same thing, right? You declare half the country domestic terrorists simply because they hold traditional political beliefs. Again, this news broke when I was out, but I'm sure that you all saw that Newsweek piece that how the FBI is investigating MAGA Trump supporters. Why, why that? Why they're wasting time, energy, and resources investing in investigating conservatives who simply love this country is beyond me. But it certainly seems like they're trying to scare people in the hopes that those fears will create a wet blanket at the ballot box, right? I mean, if you were trying to destroy this country, certainly that that would be something that you would do. I mean, if you were trying to destroy this country, you would 
definitely indoctrinate our youth with fake American history, teaching them that not only is their nation evil, but they are evil simply because the color of their skin. I mean, that's at the core of what all this crazy critical race theory is all about, right? It's diametrically opposed to what the teachings of, of Martin Luther King, that we should judge people by the content of their character and not the color of their skin. You see, critical race theory turns all of that on its head. In our kids, K through 12, not even an exaggeration, K through 12 are being taught that they should feel guilty because of the sins of the potential sins of fathers, grandfathers, great, great parents, great, great grandparents, whatever. It's absurd. But if you were trying to destroy this country, you'd probably do that too. You would definitely indoctrinate and secretly cozy up, cozy up to our enemies. You know, like the Democrats and Joe Biden have been doing for the past three years. And I say Democrats because it's been going on longer than three years. You remember John Kerry was working behind the scenes with Iran to undermine the Abraham Accords. He was telling the leadership of Iran while President Trump was in the Oval Office. He was telling them that, look, don't worry about the Abraham Accords. Don't worry about President Trump pulling out of the Iran nuclear deal. We're going to remove him. And when he's gone, we will make sure we re-enter that deal. And, and we will make sure that we continue to fund you and lift these crazy onerous sanctions that have done so much damage to your country. Now, how this isn't treason, I, I don't know. But that brings us to where Biden is today. Now, you remember, one of the first things that Joe Biden did was re-enter the Iran nuclear deal, essentially paving the way for Iran to get a nuclear weapon. Now, Iran is a country that, is, that has been killing Americans since the 1970s and been bragging about it. They've been funding and exporting, exporting terrorism around the world for the better part of 50 years. They have been wholly willing to, to send suicide bombers against targets of opportunity where people blow themselves up to kill their opponents, to kill their opponents on the battlefield. Now, if you're willing to blow yourself up to kill your enemy on the battlefield, thereby, of course, killing yourself as a suicide bomber or something like that. If you're willing to do that, what do you think is going to happen if Iran gets a nuclear weapon? The entire reason that, that, that you know, there hasn't been a, a all-out nuclear war since the inception of nuclear weapons, since we used the atomic bomb to end World War II on Hiroshima and Nagasaki, is precisely because of the concept of mutual assured destruction. If we use our bombs against an, another nuclear power, they'll use our bombs, kill hundreds of thousands of citizens in the process. Iran doesn't care about that. In fact, the entire concept of mutual assured destruction, it goes right out the window. Because again, if they're willing to kill themselves to kill you, then they don't care. They'll use a nuclear bomb on Israel. They don't care if America uses a nuclear bomb in one of their cities and wipes out 100,000 people. If it means wiping Israel off the face of the planet, so be it. But this is, this is what the Iran nuclear deal calls for. And to be clear, Joe Biden, in no uncertain terms, re-entered that deal. And not only that, 
he appointed a guy, a special envoy to Iran named Robert Malley. And again, in the wake of this horrific attack on Israel, this story and, and the Biden administration hiring this guy has not gotten enough press because Robert Malley is a known Hamas sympathizer going all the way back to Obama years. In fact, Obama actually fired him way back in the day when Obama was president, I think in his first term, fired Robert Malley for his connections to Hamas, the very organization that conducted a terrorist attack in Israel a few days ago, killing something like 1,400 Israelis. In fact, they are a, 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 a terrorist organization and designated as such from the United States State Department. But the Biden administration appointed this guy again after Obama fired him and then rehired him in his second term when he wasn't subject to reelection and kept it on the DL, but rehired him on his second term. But Biden administration unabashedly hired him, made him a special envoy to Iran. He created an, an, an initiative called the Iranian Experts Initiative. This dude grew up with Yasser Arafat and describes him as an unofficial godfather. You remember Yasser Arafat, right? Leader of Hamas, leader in Palestine, leader in Gaza, hates Israel, wants to wipe Israel off the face of the planet. You see how all of this is interconnected and all goes right back to not just the Biden administration's doorstep, but to the doorstep of every one of these pipe-hitting Democrats at the top echelons of their party, whether it's John Kerry, whether it's Barack Obama, whether it's Bill or Hillary Clinton, and now Joe Biden, they're all involved. They've all worked with Robert Malley at some point. And now this dude Malley, who again hired all of these basically Iranian operatives to work underneath him as part of the Biden administration, again, as part of the Biden administration, just had his security clearance revoked and is being investigated by the FBI. This dude was working directly with the foreign minister of Iran. His team referred to this guy as his majesty. And they, this team, the Iranian Experts Initiative, their entire mission was to soften U.S. policy towards Iran. And again, what does the end state of that look like? It means exporting asymmetric terror around the world and the death of Americans, of course, also the death of Israelis. It could end in disaster with Iran getting a nuclear bomb. And I just explained to you why that's untenable. It's un it turned the entire world on its head. But these people and this team that was working as part of officially as part of the Biden administration are paving the way and trying to make it easier for Iran to get a bomb. And not only that, this Iranian expert, this Iran Experts Initiative led by Robert Malley, they were engaged in a substantial propaganda camp campaign, essentially ghostwriting opinion editorials for key leaders in the, in the terrorist sympathizing foreign ministry of Iran. These op-eds were placed, I reported on this when I was in the chair 10, 15 days ago, but these op-eds were placed in the Wall Street Journal, in the New York Times. They were on CNN. They were in almost every one of America's major publications, all with the intent of softening U.S. policy towards Iran. Again, Robert Malley is now being investigated by the FBI for the mishandling of classified material.
And again, so you look at this article, there's this article out there um, on foxnews.com. You check it out there. Man, see this new show cool. The producers on the back end of this are awesome. I mean, uh, the Biden administration sent tens of millions of dollars in COVID relief funds to a group accused of harboring Hamas terrorists. The United Nations Relief and Works Agency so what they call the UNRWA, has been referred to as effectively as a branch of Hamas. Now, $500 million of that deficit spending went to the State Department to resettle refugees. $33.7 million went directly to Gaza via the UNRWA. And again, an organization that's been effectively coined a branch of Hamas. In total, Biden has given this branch of Hamas $730 million since 2021, making you, you, the United States taxpayer, its largest donor in the world. Now, what did President Trump do when he found out about all this in 2018? President Trump defunded them immediately. Because everything that I just told you is common knowledge. Simple internet search. You can find all the facts for yourself. Again, the rule of thumb on this show, don't trust what I say. Go, go verify it for yourself. Okay, but the whole point of this show, and if you're watching on Red Voice Media, I tell people all the time, we cover oftentimes what the news doesn't cover because what they don't cover is where the stories really are. And I don't really give a damn about Republican, Democrat. I'm interested in the truth. I'm interested in saving this country because everything is on the line and exposing these corrupt, traitorous, mouth breathing Democrats that are at every level of our government. Call it the deep state, call it entrenched bureaucracy, call it whatever the hell you want. These people are a danger to this country. In fact, if President Trump made one mistake in his first term, it was that he did not clean house at every American institution. And I mean, fire every single political appointee. And you might be out there thinking, well, gosh, isn't that kind of extreme? No. Barack Obama did it. Nobody gave a damn. That's the one thing President Trump could have done better because every single one of these political appointees, in many cases, Republican or Democrat, worked against President Trump every step of the way to stifle his agenda. These are the people that I'm talking about. But so Trump defunded them in 2018 because they're a ter Hamas is a terrorist organization, because obviously, right? But then the Biden State Department says, and this is a direct quote, America's national security interest to fund them, it's in America's national security interest to fund them, despite the group being guilty of war crimes. Wrap your mind around that one, huh? Um, Biden administration released $6 billion in unsanctioned cash to Iran. So again, if you wanted to destroy this country, you'd probably give your enemies billions of dollars. I just told you why Iran was an enemy. And this isn't the first time a Democrat has done this. Remember the pallets of cash and multiple currencies released to Iran under President Obama? It's, it's almost like these Democrats themselves are terrorist sympathizers. It's almost like Everything that they accuse us of, because remember, they're all accusing conservatives and America first patriots and MAGA people, whatever that means. People who just love our Constitution, people who fly the Gadsden flag outside of their house. Well, of course, you're labeled a domestic terrorist. 
But of course, it's like everything that the Democrats accuse us of, it's like they themselves are guilty of the same. Yeah, right. That's the golden rule, right? I tell you this all the time. But these people, like, follow the money, folks. You can trace it right back to Barack Obama. Whether it's delivering pallets of cash to Iran or freeing up $6 billion in sanction-free cash to Iran, you can trace that right back to Joe Biden. All while working with our enemies behind the scenes. You have National Security Advisor Jake Sullivan was out there spreading Biden propaganda. But before I get to that video, let me read to you my very first ad read, which is kind of cool. In my hands, as Rush Limbaugh used to say, in my nicotine-stained fingers— but in my gunpowder stained fingers, I don't know. I got to come up with something. Leave leave a comment in the comments of how you want me to handle this. You hear this right here. So this is for American alternative assets. Listen up, folks. Bidenomics is not working. The U.S. dollar is losing value and your hard-earned savings are at risk. You can act now before it's too late with one straightforward, entirely legal tax loophole. Contact my friends at American Alternative Assets for a free wealth protection guide. Learn how to safeguard your wealth from a failing dollar in volatile markets with gold and silver IRAs. Dial 833, the number two USA gold. That's 833-287-2465. Or, or visit protectfrombiden.com. Because we say every day on this show how much Biden sucks. Protectfrombiden.com. It works. This invaluable guide will outline these precise steps you need to take immediately to transfer your IRA or 401k into precious metals, all without any tax consequences. Again, call 833, the number two USA gold. That's 833-287-2465 or visit protectfrombiden.com because Biden just sucks. So of course you would want to protect your family from his dastardly policies. Okay. Back to mouth breathing Jake Sullivan out there spreading Biden propaganda. I've got a video of him bragging about Biden's Middle East policies just a couple of days before the disaster in Israel. Go ahead and roll this tape. What we said is we want to depressurize, de-escalate, and ultimately integrate the Middle East region. The war in Yemen is in its 19-month of truce. For now, the Iranian attacks against U.S. forces have stopped. Our presence in Iraq is stable. I emphasize for now because all of that can change. And the Middle East region is quieter today than it has been in two decades. <laughs> Talk about your all-time bad calls there. I mean, eight days later, after Jake Sullivan was out there actively sp spreading Biden propaganda, Hamas attacked Israel. And this wasn't, uh, it, it bothers me. A couple things really, really upset me watching all this again. Nothing worse than like laying flat on your back and seeing the world burn, not being able to do anything about yourself. But this wasn't just a military attack. And to see the media characterize the, uh, Hamas as a group of militants, it's just insulting. They're not militants. They're terrorists. And yes, there is a difference. OK, but and this wasn't just any ordinary military attack. To say that doesn't necessarily, doesn't adequately capture what actually happened in Israel. It wasn't an attack, it was a massacre. Hamas massacred civilians. Innocent, like, unarmed men, women, and children. They captured and made fun of Holocaust survivors. The elderly. They decapitated babies. 
they bound people's hands and burned them alive. They filmed it and they laughed while it happened. They took civilian hostages. They took children and they took babies hostage. And they filmed the massacres of all these people again on GoPro cameras. They also filmed the videos of them using these Israeli babies as human shields. This Hamas organization, as I watch this unfold on my television set, th these Hamas cells, they showed all of the hallmarks of Iranian training from organization to weapons, loadouts, sheer brutality of their tactics. And I'm telling you this because I know this because I've seen this all before. I've seen it all before. Six months into, into a 485-day combat deployment in Afghanistan, an Iranian-trained and funded terrorist cell turned up about 250 strong. Um, somehow, I mean, these people came to her. These were not farmers with pitchforks. These, this was not some sort of ragtag insurgency against Americans. No, these were hardened, well-trained basically an offshoot of Hezbollah operating in Afghanistan with the express sole mission of overrunning an American platoon, killing every single person and beheading us. I mean, they, they put these videos out on the internet all the time. They referred to our platoon and my unit at Ford Operating Base Bermel, which was situated just a couple of kilometers from the Pakistan border. Uh, they, they released videos like this all the time referring to us. And again, like for those of you all who are new with Red Voice Media, I led an infantry platoon at the height of the hunt for Bin Laden in Afghanistan in 2006. But these fighters from Iran were very, very different than anything else that we faced in Afghanistan. They were just, they were better trained, they had better equipment, and they were a hell of a lot more brutal. And one of their hallmarks when they got there when they got to Afghanistan, they started pounding us. Now, my base got hit with rockets every day, 485 days straight of heavy combat in eastern Afghanistan. My base got hit with over 4,000, 5,000 rockets every single day. But when when these hardened terrorist fighters, Iranian-funded and trained terrorist fighters got there, they started using rocket launchers. Now, rocket launchers in Afghanistan, where there's no running water, there's no electricity, there's no paved roads, there's no economy. People literally just collect wood in the in in the summer to warm themselves in the winter, rinse and repeat, and that's it. Their their whole lives revolve around that. If you want to go back to a time where Jesus Christ walked the earth, add the AK forty seven, the ICOM radio, and the pickup truck, and that's that's Afghanistan. In fact, the Romans, the twelfth century B twelfth century BC Romans were more advanced than the Afghans are today. So they started having these huge rocket launchers, the first of their kind in eastern Afghanistan. They started pounding our base every single day accurately. Now, again, the tactical acumen that that requires is off the charts because it's not just a point-and-shoot weapon. You have to measure the trajectory of a round as it leaves the tube, as it goes up in the air, and land on the base. Unbelievable. And they used 107-millimeter launchers, and they used the very first-ever 122-millimeter rocket launcher tube against our base 122 millimeter look it up the rockets themselves are over six feet long these rockets landed in our base every single day and that's just because of this the devastating nature of these iranian terrorists they came ready locked and loaded for the fight they had advanced tactics techni techniques and procedures 
what we would we had radar on our base that would so when you get hit with a rocket rocket comes up in the air it penetrates a radar fence that's around our base and wherever it penetrates we can backtrace that rocket to what you call a poo site kind of gross kind of sounds ridiculous but poo means point of origin so we're able to trace that rocket back to the point of origin to the point where it was fired and then go on a hunter killer patrol to find out whoever rocketed us. And on one of those patrols, I'll never forget it. As long as I live, rockets were fired at our base. We responded instantly. We rolled back about one, two kilometers from Pakistan. I dismount my trucks with a, with a squad of my soldiers. I'm leading from the front, walking on this patrol. And we're again, we're like in the mountainous border region between Afghanistan and Pakistan. And I looked just out of the corner of my eye. I saw this flash of yellow and I looked down on the ground and there was a yellow wire about this long, kind of looked like a pig's tail, but about this long, totally out of place for the border region, the subset of the Hindu Kush mountains in Afghanistan. And no joke, I bent down to pick it up and look at it. And the moment I did, it was like the shootout at the OK Corral. We had walked right up on this group of enemy soldiers who were probably 15 feet away from us. I had taken my eye off the ball looking at this wire. All my soldiers who were around me saw immediately started firing at them. The enemy started firing at us. And my one of my point men charged after them with his M203 grenade launcher and went firing and screaming and everything else. It was the craziest, one of the craziest firefights I've ever been in because it was so close. And what we learned after we killed the enemy, because we killed them on the battlefield that day, um, we were just better shots than they were. But what we learned is that the enemy was using these rocket launchers and they knew that we would use the points of origin to triangulate their position so that we could fire artillery and counter battery fire right on top of them, kill them. So what they were doing is running wire from the rocket launcher 150 meters away from where the actual launcher was set up and using a car battery to ignite the rockets so that when we fired back counter battery, it wouldn't hit a human being. We'd be lucky it wouldn't hit anything. Maybe it hits the launcher. Maybe it takes it out and they replace it. But in terms of human capital, they were okay. That was an advanced TTP that they only learned in Iran. And so my point is newsflash, you know, Trump was criticized by the DeSantis campaign for calling Hezbollah smart. First of all, his comments were taken totally out of context. All you have to do is watch the full video and you'll see exactly what he meant. But Hezbollah and our enemies, these terrorist cells, they are smart. If you don't constantly evolve your tactics on the battlefield, if you're not constantly changing the way that you do business, they will kill you because they watch what you do. They listen to everything. They don't miss a trick. They look for chinks in the armor. And then they exploit those. They go after them and they're relentless. So if you're not constantly thinking, constantly evolving, they will catch you. And what President Trump was saying when he said Hezbollah is smart, President Trump was criticizing the Biden administration for saying publicly that Israel was weak to the north, which would be a potential front, uh, a second front to their war with Hezbollah, Iranian front and Hezbollah. And Trump was saying, well, why would you be saying that publicly? Hezbollah is smart. They will notice and they'll likely launch an attack because you just said that they were weak publicly. So I have to say, I lost a lot of respect for the DeSantis campaign. And you know me, like anybody that watches my show, you know, I'm close with President Trump. You know, I'm close with the Trump family. You know, I 
I, I got President Trump's back. He has mine. Like, that all cards on the table. But I don't care who you back. I don't care who your Republican private. It doesn't matter to me. You're all welcome in the trenches with me in the fight to save this country. You know, I'm just telling you. And full disclosure, like, yeah, I President Trump's a good. He, he was right about that. And, and DeSantis, who I believe is a great governor of Florida, was wrong to criticize him and take it out of context. It, the, the attack reeked of desperation. But nevertheless, they are smart. And they were unbelievably brutal. These are again, these are all hallmarks and tactics that we saw used in Israel. And the reason why this is important, the reason why I'm telling you all this is because the Biden administration is out there saying that Iran had nothing to do with that. And I'm telling you that that is complete bullshit. They are lying to no surprise, but they are lying to you about it. I mean, we saw these people. I saw this, we, again, 250-plus uh, Iranian-funded terrorist organization we fought in Afghanistan, okay? I've, saw, I've seen this organization throw grenades in the cribs of newborn babies. I've seen them capture small children, six, five, six, seven years old, and enslave them, do terrible things to them, to torture them and murder them, and then not kill them but release them back to their tribes so that they would have to bear those horrific memories in their tribes forever. These people are evil. In fact, we actually had this Iranian group ended up infiltrating our interpreters on our, on our base somehow, paid them more than we were paying them, I guess. They targeted my truck. We were doing a command. We were doing a, an observation post one day. Somehow, a plastic Italian TC6 anti-tank mine was planted right where my truck was supposed to park on that hilltop that day. Now, I was on leave. Isn't it interesting that they waited for me to be on leave to launch that attack against my platoon? I don't know why. I mean, maybe, maybe they thought that the platoon was a weaker target with that. But the truth is that they had my platoon sergeant there who was a hell of a lot smarter than me. And real movers and shakers in my platoon were the non-commissioned officers who did who the top coached and mentored me every step of the way. But my truck on that day rolled over right right over a plastic, all plastic Italian TC6 anti-tank mine planted right underneath my truck. It instantly killed my forward observer, wounded everybody else in the truck. It was an up-armored truck, completely destroyed within seconds. These people were trained in Iran to use a plastic mine to destroy an American up-armor truck. There is more metal in a pack of cigarettes than they use in these mines. They learned that in Iran. They did not learn that in Afghanistan. I'm telling you this for a reason. Stay tuned. I'll tell you here in a second. This led to us doing, these people were so devastating, their tactics so brutal. We actually had to lead, a, we had to do a battalion mission. We got eight, 900 soldiers dismounted and cleared from our base. We walked every mountaintop from our base all the way to Pakistan to clear the enemy out of all these trenches. When I say like get in the trenches and the fight for America, I, and I've actually fought in trench modern day trench warfare where these Iranian funded fight, Iranian funded fighters were dug in on the side of mountaintops in trenches. We had to clear those trenches dismounted. These people were dug in like ticks. 
had complicated ambushes. They baited my, they baited the Afghan National Army into ambushes. We had an AC-130 AC Spectre gunship that was flying at like 40,000 feet that just pummeled them all night as they broke contact from us as we marched them towards the Pakistan border. I'll never forget falling asleep one night to that gunship just going off over and over again, thinking that, oh my God, how is my life as a 20-something this surreal? I'm going to bed to gunfire on the Pakistan border. It's like, you know, I wanted to be infantry after 9-11, but it was a, a clear-cut lesson in my life of be careful what you wish for. You just might get it. But again, like these people were, they, they never broke contact with us, really. They might have retreated back to another phase line, but they fought us every step of the way for 10 straight kilometers until we finally killed them all and drove them back to Pakistan where they consolidated, reorganized, and tried to overrun our base again. My platoon built the very first forward operating base in Afghanistan, the very first combat outpost in Afghanistan in a place called Margah. It was so dangerous that the United States Army engineers left in, like when it was half built. They left in the middle of the construction, left 24 of my guys there. Well, guess what? Like Hezbollah, Iranian-funded fighters, they watch everything, as I just got done telling you. They knew that the base wasn't constructed. They sent 250 fighters to wipe us out. I had 24 people on the ground come to find out that we caught them marching on us in the middle of the night at about three in the morning. And by the way, had we not caught them, they would have accomplished their goal of overrunning an American platoon and beheading us because there's no way we could have repelled that kind of firepower. But we caught them and we killed over 250 of them on that night. And all throughout this battle, this eight-month battle to take these bastards out, all throughout that, it got so brutal and so terrible that what we would do is we would collect the bodies personally, ourselves, load them in our trucks in accordance with Islamic law and return them to the local bazaar and the mosque within 48 hours. Again, that's out of respect for Islamic law. That's what they teach. That's It's, it's, it's a cultural thing there. And we would lay the bodies respectfully at their mosques so that they could be buried in accordance with Islamic law. But it, I'm not going to lie. It was also to send a message to them, like, stop committing your sons to the suicidal these suicidal Iranian terrorist cells, you will lose. And eventually we killed so many of them, especially in that attack that killed 250 of them, where the intelligence that we were getting, and I know because we listened to these, we listened to their communications, that families in Afghanistan, but mainly in Pakistan, were now unwilling to commit their sons to this fight, to the suicidal Iranian-funded fight, because they were dying in great numbers. And they didn't want to commit their sons to a lost cause. I'm telling you all of this. I'm telling you all of this because there is a way in which you can, you can destroy this ideology through strength. In fact, that's the only way. And I'm going to tell you how in a second, but before I get to that, let me read you this next sponsor. Um, it's I'm going to show you this video uh, after I read this. Um, of Israeli forces recovering all of these weapons and munitions from, from Hamas. And I'll explain to you why this, this it looks the way that it is. So stick with me. But this is for the wellness company. We're living in times where being prepared is not just a convenience, it's a necessity. Whether it's geopolitical instability, the threats of war, or just the increasing occurrence of natural disasters, you can never be too prepared. And let's face it, 
folks, our government hasn't been doing a great job in ensuring our safety. That is absolutely true. So it's up to us to take matters into our own hands. And that's why I'm super excited to introduce you to this medical emergency kit from our friends at the wellness company. High quality doctors are involved with the wellness company, uh, including Dr. Peter McCullough. They provide top quality wellness products. And let me tell you, they've outdone themselves with this kit. In fact, Commander Melanie and I have talked about uh, getting a kit like this just because you never know when bad things happen. You want to make sure that you're prepared for those things. But this kit contains a range of prescription medications like ivermectin and antibiotics that can prepare you for everything from COVID to the plague. And the best part, these prescriptions are available through telemedicine, so you don't even have to leave your home to consult a healthcare professional. Um, folks, this is the future of emergency, med uh, emergency medicine preparedness. This comprehensive kit is designed to cover a whole range of scenarios, be it natural disasters like hurricanes, earthquakes, or floods to supply, to supply chain shortages. And yes, even in the end of the world, as we know it's situations as well, you'll be covered. Um, so if you're sitting there wondering if you need this, let me make it simple for you. You absolutely do. Again, my family's probably going to get this stuff as well because, um, again, we want to be ready for anything. Um, because the question isn't if an emergency will happen, it's when and when it does wouldn't you rather be the person who's prepared rather than the one scrambling around when it's too late? I know I would. So go check out this must-have medical emergency kit from the wellness company. You can get it at rvmemergencykit.com. Again, that's rvmemergencykit.com. Stay safe, stay prepared. And the wellness company would like to say, God bless America. I and mean, we love saying that here as well. Um, all right, back to the program. Um, Israeli forces recovered thousands of weapons that Hamas militants brought from Gaza to slaughter civilians and soldiers. Trey Yinkst, who's been on the front lines of this fight since Hamas attacks and has been doing a great job in Israel, um, bringing information from the front lines to us here in our homes. This video caught my eye because I can't tell you how many times I've seen loadouts like this, and I'll explain it here in a second, but let's go ahead and roll the tape. You can see here, this is just 20% of the weapons that have been recovered from Israeli towns near to the Gaza border. Israeli forces say Hamas fighters brought with them enough weapons to maintain a battle for days. RPGs here, grenades in the distance, RPGs, and anti-tank weapons anti-tank mines. All here recovered by the Israelis. So... You can see, I can't even tell you how many hundreds of times I've seen that exact same loadout on, on the enemy that we face in Afghanistan. You see those yellow disc-looking things? Those were plastic Italian TC-6 anti-tank mines, hallmarks of Iranian-trained and funded terrorists. And the reason why I'm telling you this is because despite what the Biden administration is saying, Iran is clearly involved. And in fact, the Biden administration in two and a half years has flowed over $50 billion to Iran. And Iran was part of planning this attack. Make no mistake about it. They funded this attack. They directed this attack. They knew about this attack. And you see this article. This is something else I want to bring your attention to, because, again, the Democrats seem like they have this connection with our enemies. But look here. U.S. weapons from Afghanistan ended up with Palestinian groups operating in the Gaza Strip. Okay, as if you needed any more proof, any more connection that these Democrats, these mouth breathing Democrats in the deep state were intimately connected to what's going on in Israel right now and, and connected through their abject failures around the world. I mean, this is how the surrender in Afghanistan is not just hurting our country, because, again, Americans were killed in that attack on Israel, but it's hurting our allies. 
it weakened our position around the world. I mean, the very fact that I just told you and we proved within 10 days of that fight that American weapons that we left behind during the surrender of Afghanistan were used to kill Americans in Israel is unbelievable. I'm telling you that, folks, is it board, the surrender in Afghanistan and now the death of Americans at the hands of American weapons borders on an impeachable offense. Commander in chief, commander in chief, that's, that's Biden's title, commander of our U.S. military. That, that phrase, commander, predisposes everything else. He has a responsibility to our men and women in uniform and a responsibility to American citizens to uphold his oath to the Constitution and leaving billions of dollars of military equipment behind in Afghanistan for that, to, that equipment to then be turned and used on Americans in Israel, civilians, and, and innocent Israeli civilians as well is preposterous. And then add to that that we're funding both Iran and Hamas. We are the primary funder of relief and aid and taxpayer money to Hamas. I'm telling you, folks, something's got to give. And I told you all of those stories about Afghanistan, not to impress you, not to tell you war stories, but to impress upon you all that you cannot negotiate with this evil. People that are willing to blow themselves up to kill you are willing to decapitate babies and take child hostages and rape women in public and parade them through the street as some sort of trophies cannot be negotiated with. That's an evil that the West is almost unprepared to deal with. There's no effective diplomacy. You might be able to buy them off for a time, but they'll always end up using your money to weaken you and then attack you and then kill you. We beat them in Afghanistan for two reasons. One, because we killed enough of them that we broke their will to fight. And two, and this is so, so important and ties directly to the point that I'm trying to make about Israel right now. We were given the space to accomplish this mission without outside pressure. I didn't have a general breathing down my neck, trying to make decisions from Bagram. This was at a time in Afghanistan where the eyes of this nation, again, in 2006, were wholeheartedly focused on the Iraq war. Well, that gave ground combat leaders like myself the time, the space, and the flexibility to make the, lead, to make the leadership decisions that I needed to make on the battlefield, not just to keep my soldiers alive, but to kill the enemy in great numbers. And guess what, folks? When we were given that flexibility as freedom fighters, American freedom fighters, we, we didn't kill a single civilian. We were winning the war. And Israel's no different. Israel is no different. They're fighting a defensive war. And it's critically important that they're given the time and space to defeat this enemy. And I mean destroy this enemy. Ideologies can be destroyed. No, and by the way, no, I don't support American boots on the ground, okay? You know, if you're watching this show... 20 years of my life fighting in half of my damn adult life has been fighting a war in Afghanistan. I was wounded in Afghanistan along with 85% of my men, some twice, some three times. I've had it with failed wars in Iraq, Afghanistan. If you're watching this show, you know damn well exactly how I feel about this. Our world is not safer or better for our war in Afghanistan or our war in Iraq. In fact, thousands, tens of thousands of Americans are dead Hundreds of thousands of Americans are wounded and hundreds of thousands more directly affected by the invisible wounds of war created a void in Iraq that ISIS ended up filling 
our enemies end up moving in Afghanistan and taking over Afghanistan to where you have Hikmati or the Akani network, the Taliban, and these terrorists from al-Qaeda all woven into the upper echelons of the Afghan government. Afghanistan is arguably a more dangerous place today than it was in a pre-9-11 world, all made possible by us. So no, I don't support American boots on the ground, but I do support giving the Israelis the time, space, and, and flexibility to do what they need to do to destroy Hamas. Because to call for a ceasefire now before retribution has been had against Hamas is to basically take a pro-Hamas position, and we can't do that. Folks, Israel has offered peace time and again, and I'm just going to go down. This is from the great a buddy of mine, Greg Price, on Twitter. He posted this. I'm just going to read it for you word for word because you deserve to know the truth. Israel has pursued peace since 1937. In 1937, the Arabs rejected the Peel Commission to create a Jewish and Arab state. In 1947, Arabs reject the UN partition plan to create a Jewish and Arab state. They wage war against a new nation of Israel. They lose more land in that fight than the partition actually gave them. In 1967, Israel wins yet another war against its Arab neighbors, conquering Gaza, the West Bank, and the Sinai in a defeat in a defensive war. The Arab League declares the three no's. No peace with Israel, no recognition of Israel, no negotiations with Israel. Israel voluntarily hands control of the Temple Mount, the holiest site in Judaism, back to the Islamic Waqif, and made it and they made it illegal for Jews to pray there immediately. In 1979, Israel voluntarily hands the Sinai back to Egypt, returning land conquered in a defensive war. In 1993, Israel recognizes in 1993, Israel recognizes the sovereignty of the Palestinian Authority over the West Bank and Gaza Strip on the Oslo in the Oslo Accords. Yasser Arafat uses it to support terrorism. In 2000, Israel offers Yasser Arafat recognition of a Palestinian state in all of Gaza and 94% of the West Bank with East Jerusalem as its capital. Arafat rejects it and launches the second intifada. In 2005, Israel pulls out of the Gaza Strip, dismantles all of its settlements, and forces Jews to leave their homes. Palestinians respond by electing Hamas, who turn it into a terrorist state. Do you see a pattern here? In 2008, Israel offers Mahmoud Abbas, once again, recognition of a Palestinian state in all of Gaza and 94% of the West Bank with their East Jerusalem with East Jerusalem as its capital and even offered to dismantle all their settlements. And once again, the Palestinians reject it. In 2010 and to 2021, Hamas launches periodic rocket attacks against the state of Israel and builds terror tunnels in order to kidnap and murder Jews while using the people of Gaza as a human shield against the IDF. In 2003, Hamas commits the worst act of mass murder against the Jews since the Holocaust. So it's safe to say that Israel has pursued peace and then that has failed. They pursued it in good faith. And now they must be able to defend themselves and eradicate this evil once and for all. This is a defensive fight. The Israelis don't want to be there. They were provoked into it. Because I'm seeing a whole lot of conflating. Oh, this is going to be a humanitarian disaster. Oh, they're going to eradicate. I'm sorry. Israel is warning civilians in Gaza to evacuate. Hamas is telling them to stay. Hamas buries weapons and munitions and has command posts in hospitals, in schools. They use children and babies as human shields. They go out of their way to put the civil civilians before them, themselves and the Israelis, hoping to score propaganda victories if, if, if a civilian happens to be killed. 
in what, again, is largely a defensive war. The moral responsibilities for the death of those civilians is not on Israel. It's on Hamas. They're the ones exploiting the Palestinians. They're the ones preventing their evacuation. They're the ones telling them to stay in place. And this is the most important point. Israel Israel is not deliberately targeting civilians. They are targeting Hamas. That is a very, very different thing. And so just listen to this uh, this video from the uh, ABC talking to the IDF members. Listen to how they respond to this ABC reporter who's already out in full propaganda mode in support of Hamas, the terrorist narrative. Check this out. It'll blow your mind. There are those voices there across this region and elsewhere who say the price of military action is too great, that too many civilians are now dying, too many Palestinians are already dying. We're in a full war here, and the responsibility isn't on us. You should take that question straight back to Hamas. We are here because we have no other choice. Take that question straight back to Hamas. That's exactly right, and that was a good answer. So what can we do? Here are things the United States can do right now. First and foremost, freeze all aid to the Palestinians. The European Union has already done this. Cancel the $6 billion to Iran, for God's sake. The fact that this has not been done is ridiculous. Reimpose and vigorously enforce all of the sanctions the administration has stopped enforcing on Iran that were once in place when President Trump was in office. Demand that Qatar extradite all of the Hamas leadership so they can be brought to justice. Promise that the administration will support Israel and not pressure them to stop this war. Let them eradicate the evil that is Hamas. Prioritize rescuing American hostages. No American boots on the ground. Get our people the hell out of there and let the IDF do their job. In fact, the IDF isn't asking for American support. If you're at an American college, and you are here on a student visa and you are applauding the Hamas massacre in Israel, we should immediately revoke your visa and you should be deported. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union, a savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. Are the old world picturesque shores of Europe calling you? Set sail on an adventure with Avalon Waterways. Enjoy an elevated cruising experience. Avalon Waterways offers smaller ships, bigger experiences with fewer people and more of, well, everything good about river cruising. Don't just dream about quaint towns and cobblestone villages. See them for yourself and make lasting memories. Discover limited time offers today at avalonwaterways.com. Are you spending more time in your basement now that it's your rec room, office, kids' playroom, or home gym? Well, you need to ventilate those spaces to remove stagnant, musty air. For over 20 years, the Easy Breathe ventilation system exchanges dirty, damp air for cleaner, drier, healthier air. Take charge of your indoor air with your own Easy Breathe ventilation system. You can get it installed, or DIY kits are available. Just call 866-822-7328 or visit TakeChargeOfYourAir.com and receive 20% off today.